On this program in the past, we've been pleased to bring you Christina Borgeson, who's been an independent producer and writer for almost 20 years. Her two previous books uh, we have recommended to you uh, ceaselessly because of their high quality. Those were Into the Buzzsaw, which was a National Press Club Award winner, followed up with Feet to the Fire, the media after 9-11. Christina's been all over the subject of uh, the media in America and its deficiencies. And she comes to us today to talk about her uh, uh, most recent project uh, related to that very topic. Welcome back to Radio Parallax, Christina Borgeson. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, what do you got cooking here? I know this the subject of the failings of the media. You've, you've been uh, tracking like, like few have. And, uh, and what, what's the latest? So the latest is actually, it's a follow-on to my last two books, okay? Because Buzzsaw, as everybody probably knows... Uh, looked at censorship and, you know, his personal stories about censorship. And then Feet to the Fire was sort of the case study um, of, of how the mainstream media missed the run-up to the war and all the lying that was going on. And it, that was, you know, interviews with uh, a lot of mainstream journalists talking about what happened. And that really gave you a good look into their mindsets and the limitations of their reporting and why they had those limitations, et cetera. This book is called Watchdog Warriors, The Bold and the Brave Who Bring in the Stories You Won't See in the News. And in this book, basically what it's going to be is a series of stories, interviews. It's basically a collection of the work of a lot of people you haven't possibly you probably haven't heard of before researchers whistleblowers some investigative reporters but these are the people who do the deep journalism people you know as i say who you know do not live in the limelight who bring you the 12 inches of truth i you know you know how we have discussed in the past that the truth uh, comes in various lengths, you know, like mm-hmm. on mainstream TV, maybe you'll see it, it'll go one inch deep, and, you know, some other well-known reporters might go six inches deep, but few people actually go 12 inches deep to the entire thing, and this is what the Watchdog Warriors book is going to be. It's going to be a source book where on the major issues that are affecting us right now, whether it's, uh, you know, the war on terrorism the world financial system and our banking system here and the crisis, um, our justice system, which is falling apart with rule of law, as you well know, uh, the powerful around the world and here in our own country who affect our lives. So it's all these major issues. Each chapter is going to be a universe unto itself looking at one chapter. This is quite unusual. We're talking about a book that is not out yet. That may be a first for us. Uh, but but I'm gathering I'm gathering there's a reason for this. Okay, as you well know, <laughs> it's very very hard for the journalists and researchers and ac- academics and whistleblowers who do this kind of work, who bring this information to the public. It's hard for us to get money to do our research, uh, advances from our publishers that are you know that are worth more than a couple of weeks' worth of groceries, et cetera. So I'm trying something new. This is an experiment. Okay. And um, I hope it's an experiment that works because, you know, as you all know, for example, the Koch brothers have billions to buy off uh, the governor to put out, you know, bad information and, and try and kill unions. 
uh, over there in Wisconsin, whereas people like us who try to get to the truth, it's hard for us to get the Koch brothers to give us money. <laughs> yeah. But this is a way for large groups of people, like-minded people, who want to support journalists like us and projects that do bring the truth, um, it's a way for them to do it. And this project is on Kickstarter.com. Okay. I mean, you can just put go to Google and put in Watchdog Warriors, and it'll come up under Kickstarter. But if you go to Kickstarter.com and you put in Watchdog Warriors, my project will come up with a video that explains it to you, as I have now. And you can pledge any amount of money from $1 to, you know, hey, billions if you want, if you have it. But my goal is to raise $5,000 to do the research that I have to do. I mean, I have to do a bunch of interviews, a couple hundred interviews possibly. I have to get research materials. I need funding for that because my publisher is not going to fund that phase of it. Well, this is so, interesting because, um, I mean, you're, you're basically using the social media, and I'm looking at uh, right now your Facebook site, which you also have, and uh, this yes. really is changing the face of how things are done. I mean, in the Middle East right now, governments are being overthrown thanks to uh, social media. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the change agents now, I mean, look what happened in Egypt with... Uh, What's his name? Waid, uh, I, I forget the name, the Google executive. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, he helped organize the, the revolution in Egypt. And I remember when he was on 60 Minutes after, you know, he could return to the United States, he said, he said, oh boy, he said, you know, what will really be interesting is when they release Mubarak's black files. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'll bet the pucker factor went up really high in Washington when he said that. But there he was, you know, kind of his geeky self, not realizing what he had just said. Uh -huh. But, you know, people like me and this Watchdog Warrior Project, you know, with this Watchdog that's what we're trying to do. All the black files on all the major issues, you know, are what we're you know, we're digging for and we're trying to bring to you. And Christina, go ahead and explain that term about black files, because what, what, some people may not, may not be tracking with that. Black files are, are files that are secret files, whether they're, they're kept by uh, the CIA or the FBI or the Justice Department or any, uh, any government or law enforcement agency that wants to, wants to keep embarrassing truths hidden or wants to keep criminal activities hidden or doesn't want to be held accountable uh, for criminal activity or malfeasance, you know. And the, and the thing is, is it's really a huge project to try and get to this information. I mean, you really have to, you have to read a ton of books to put patterns together, to put two and two together because someone reports this over here in this book and that over there in this book. And basically in Watchdog Warriors, I want to I want to bring the whole big picture and the focus about what's going on in our country and around the world with in all these areas that that eat up most of our tax dollars and of course as as we can we all can feel from you know our grocery bills going up and our gas going up you know the United States is becoming an emerging third world nation <laughs> and a lot of people are trying to still trying to figure out what's going on and what can we do about it and so I want to bring together the best brains on these issues together in this book. So whenever you need to know something on, 
on what's going on in the financial area, what's going on with the war on terrorism, what's going on with our justice system, what's going on with the election of our president, what's going on with our, you know, the, you know, what our public figures, our most powerful public figures are saying, what's going on in the Middle East, it'll be there in that book. The sources will be there, and, and the context will be there in Watchdog Warriors. That's what I'm trying to do. When you pledge... You, you're, you get rewards, you know, okay. and, and those rewards are, are the, 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 the thing behind the rewards is, is to actually make you a part of this project. Well, we're going to have to follow yeah. this as this proceeds because this is quite an, an intriguing little experiment that you're doing, Christina. But, but uh, give us some teasers. I know this is still a work in progress, but I know you probably have in your mind a, a few topics you're definitely going to hit. What, what, what would those be? One of them, for example, is looking at the war on terrorism yeah. and the history on the war on terrorism. And one of the things that, that I, uh, I gathered for this is a, is a transcript of an interview between uh, two DEA agents, a CIA agent and an FBI agent. And this interview was done, oh my gosh, I think it was about 10 years ago. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of Wesley Swearingen and Ralph McGeehee. I mean, these are guys who wrote searing exposés of the FBI and CIA. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, how, you know, the Taliban were set up by, by the U.S. government. But these were insiders, you know, how, they, how the CIA set it up. And these, these guys are talking from the inside perspective. And they're giving details that you've never heard before. And you're going, oh, my God, you know, because what has to be done, no matter how hard it is to, to accept, is we have to connect the history to, to our agencies, you know, our covert agencies, to the FBI, and then to our leaders. And, it, and it's done, it's actually been done in a whole bunch of different books, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm just talking about the war on terrorism right now. Sure. Because that's what's sucking our tax dollars. I mean, all our money is going into security and these wars. You know, I, I, so, right. I hope when you do this, uh, this has been a great source of, uh, uh, of interest to me, that when you try and analyze how much money the U.S. is spending on defense, quote-unquote, and, and how much for these wars in Iraq and Afghanistan— they mentioned in Harper's Index there's been an 80% increase in defense spending over the last, I don't know how many years, but uh, that was not including the wars. So the question is, the, the, the accounting, the very accounting uh, of what this is costing us seems to be very obscured deliberately by people. I hope you will really uh, well, delve into a, that. that's another thing. That's another thing. I have, for example, uh, I'm looking at the, the Department of Defense, for example. The Depart- Department of Defense has trillions missing trillions of dollars that they can't they can't account for the, those uh, you know those expenditures they can't ac- account for you know trillion and this has been going on for for years now and so the question is why and there are reporters who have looked into it and they're not you know they're not reporters that you see on TV you know mm-hmm. they're not the reporters that you see on the front pages of of the New York Times and so again, you know, if you look at if you look at our our uh, national budget and you take away, you know, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, our biggest expenditure by far is 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 defense. You know, and and as the defense budget has increased and is, you know, they're spending all this money and 
you know, trillions of it is unaccounted for, you and I are watching oil prices go up because of these wars. We're watching um, food prices. Do you see how food prices are yeah. rising? Yeah, yeah. We mentioned this on the show before. I mean, you, you said trillions, but th- that's not literally true. But it, it is literally true that every no, year— No, no, no. Let you think- me tell you something. The, the, as a matter of fact, I have a fellow investigative reporter here with me, Kelly O'Meara, okay. who's done some work on that. Yeah. And Kelly, when did you, Kelly reported back in, what year was it that you reported the, that there was $1.1 trillion <laughs> in the Defense Department? It was 2002. $1.1 trillion unaccounted for. That was in 2002. Over, so, what, over what time frame? Because I know that accounting errors, quote-unquote accounting over errors, um, are, are, are like $30 billion a year where they simply can't account for like where that money went. $30 no, billion. Doug, yeah. First of all, you have to understand something. When she was doing this reporting, she was doing it for Insight Magazine, she was reading the federal, but this is something very few reporters do. She was reading okay. the entire federal budget cover to cover. <laughs> she ought to get a medal. The $1.1 trillion was for that year, for 2002, only. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I know. I can, I can feel your hair lighting on fire when I say this. <laughs> Right. No, with the fact there's in things like Department of Energy, which was where they had, I'm sure they bury some of the, uh, the money spent on nuclear subs and things like that. No, no. Well, there you go. There's, there's, a, there's another source of some loose cash. <laughs> it's, look, it's, it, it's crazy, and it's hard, it's hard to believe. And, and, it's, and that's another reason why I'm doing Watchdog Warriors is because I'm bringing in people who spend years, okay, looking at these documents. Kelly O'Meara was on the Hill, on Capitol Hill, for 17 years. Okay. As, you know, she was uh, chief of staff for a number of Congress people. She did a number of investigations, and then she became a, uh, an investigative reporter, and she started looking into these federal agencies and their missing money. And she did a whole series on that, and one of them was on the DOD's you know, missing one point one trillion. But um, Russ Baker. Yeah, we. I don't. I think you. We put Russ on the show on your on your advice a few months ago, Christina. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but before before I called you, had you heard of Russ Baker? In fact, I had not. Uh, you see, I mean, and this is this is the whole thing. I happen by virtue of my uh, my unusual uh, career as an investigative reporter, sort of uh, sort of as a whistleblower in investigative journalism. I mean, that's really what I am. But because of that, I am, I know and am familiar with an entire landscape of experts on, on the big issues. And I want to bring them together in this book. Count us in. We'll have to bring you back in a month to talk about how this is progressing. And if I know our listeners, and I think I do, I'm sure that a great many of them will be keenly interested in this project that you're involved in. Well, listen, I thank you, and again, um, you know, go to kickstarter.com or just put in, you know, put in Watchdog Warriors or, or do put Watchdog Warriors into Google and the project will come up. And believe me, I will be deeply grateful, along with a lot of other people, if you will, would contribute. Well, do, we'll do what we can. We, we're going to stand with you on this because I, I just appreciate the fine work you've been doing. And I, I want to plug your two books again because people should read them. Feet to the Fire, the media after 9-11, and Into the Buzzsaw, 
leading journalists expose the myth of a free press. Well, thank you so much. All right, Christina, we'll be talking. Okay. Joining us now on the program is someone I've been meaning to bring to you for quite some time. He found me uh, on the internet some months ago. This is an old pal from elementary school, and uh, he's pretty good at finding people because he runs Fugitive.com and specializes in tracking people who are missing. So I want to say welcome to Radio Parallax, my old buddy Steve Ferdine. Hey, thanks, Doug. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> now we haven't seen each other since about I think 1967. So this is kind of this is kind of amusing. No, yeah, it is kind of amusing. It's it's kind of cool actually, because right now I still I still picture you from uh, from what fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, fifth and sixth grade. Just maybe maybe as late as eighth grade, but uh, we um, probably gained a little bit of weight. We got a little <laughs> bit of a bigger waistline now from well, uh, from the fifth grade. There's a lot of hair missing in action, my friend. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wanted to talk about this. You you uh, you went on to become a uh, a police officer in San Jose, a detective no less, and uh, I guess had had quite an interesting career there. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I uh, I started about uh, when I was twenty one, and uh, I did uh, thirty years San Jose. Well, I started off with the sheriff's department, then I did uh, seven years there, then I did uh, twenty three years over San Jose PD, and I uh, developed a it's uh, uh, kind of kind of cool because. While everybody else was uh, getting into the into the uh, uh, drug uh, drug enforcement, I kind of developed a passion for for uh, tracking down fugitives. I found it very challenging, and the more the the more sophisticated they were, I the more challenging I found the satisfaction I I got when I when I was able to uh, to track them down. So I kind of decided to just uh, specialize in that. Well, let me ask you, since I, we, we haven't prepared much for how we're going to discuss things, uh, but uh, Leonard Padilla, local guy here in town, seems to get a lot of national attention for his bounty hunting. Uh, uh, that's not quite what you do, though. No, not at this point. I, re- I retired, and I run the uh, Fugitive Watch program. I started this uh, 19 uh, years ago, and we started as a local um, cable. Uh, I think we were on for five minutes on the local cable channel, and uh, we, we featured the still frame with a voiceover photograph of some fugitives and found it to uh, be uh, very, very successful in locating these garden variety uh, uh, fugitives. And then uh, the cable uh, uh, back then, I think it was Gill Cable, now it's Comcast, uh, found it very uh, so popular that we, we've expanded it now to a 30-minute 30, 30 program. And uh, then we launched the website back when the Internet was just in its infancy, and that is really, really successful. We've had captures all over the world now as, our, as a result of our program here and getting uh, viewer tips. Do you have any stats on that? How many people that have been uh, you managed to bring bring to justice? Oh, yeah, well over 1,000. I think we're like, uh, we're at 1,086 or something like that. Well, that's, that's pretty good numbers, man. You know, oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, we've, you name it, we've, uh, we've got murders and child molesters and... Parolees at large, uh, uh, prison escapees—it's uh, actually very satisfying. Well, I want to—I want to pick your brain, Steve, about a case that's caused. I think it's been sort of international attention, focused here in Sacramento. Uh, this this girl, J.C. Dugard, was uh, was abducted in um, South Lake Tahoe and was held captive by this this man, Philip Garrido, and his wife. Uh, what do you know about this case? 
basically all I know is from from what I've seen in the uh, the media, and uh, what it looks like is uh, the uh, obviously his, his defense attorney. They're going to do everything they can in their bag of tricks to uh, to, to to minimize his uh, his punishment. And I believe they initially started the uh, insanity uh, defense. But I think I understand uh, the, the last I heard is I think they they struck a, uh, a plea bargain and. Uh, so that they could uh, avoid a, uh, a trial and put the, uh, put the victims on the stand. Well, neither you nor I are lawyers, but I have to say, Steve, it just sort of puzzles me this whole idea of like having to determine whether somebody's, you know, exactly what his psychiatric diagnosis is when the obvious criminal activities are, are plain to, to everyone. I don't know how, what your take on that is. Well, I find it, uh, Doug, I, I find it very frustrating. I remember as a, as a young deputy. Uh, I was working some overtime uh, in, a, in a court trial, a homicide court trial, where um, two two young men and a, uh, a female they went into a, uh, a liquor store in Campbell and they uh, to do a robbery, and uh, the whole thing's caught on tape. And after they took the money, the poor clerk who was working overtime there, trying to make a little bit of extra money for his family, was begging them not to not to hurt him, just take the money, etc. And uh, they they wound up uh, putting him on his knees and executing him, and the whole thing was captured on tape. And the whole trial involved trying to get them off on an insanity or a uh, diminished capacity uh, defense, uh, because that's all they had. You know, they, they they were they were grasping for straws. I mean, there was no doubt that they committed the crime. And I felt the same way. I was just outraged at the why why are we wasting our time? But they had all these experts. And you know the defense attorney—that's their job, trying to trying to kind of minimize or uh, uh, get their client off, uh, get their client off. Well, you mentioned a moment ago. We're not going to. We probably shouldn't beat this to death. But you mentioned a moment ago that the defense attorney is going to try and get to whatever whatever he can to minimize uh, the uh, the sentence on this man Garrido. And I, and I just again, I just scratch my head over like where the obligation of uh, defense attorneys, you know, public defenders, et cetera, are to the public. Uh, in cases like this, and and why it is they have to play this game of like they win if they get the minimum sentence? I just I just don't understand it. Well, I, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I've talked to many many defense attorneys in in my career, and they, uh, they they'll just tell you that hey, their job is not to uh, to you know their, their job is to get them off. <laughs> That's just the way they see it, black and white. Well, I guess we do need some judicial reform uh, in this country. I think we can probably agree on that. I always felt that you know the judicial, the, uh, the judicial uh, objective should be to get to the, the truth of the matter, but it's not. It's to uh, it's just an adversarial who has the best attorney and who can win. Yeah, I used to. I made the statement in the show in the in the past that uh, you know if justice happens in our in our court system, it must be by accident. Sometimes you feel. Oh, absolutely, yes. Well, if you got any interesting cases that, uh, I mean, I'm looking at your website right now. You've got a man uh, sought by the FBI for impersonating bank victims and stealing their money. You got you got his mugshot on there, and uh, and uh, what are the odds you're going to nail this guy? Well, it, they're actually pretty good um, because he's been getting a lot of publicity, um, and uh, so there's going to be somebody out there who knows him. Matter of fact, uh, right now, Doug, as as we speak, I was I'm uh, uploading. A case uh, that was captured on on uh, on camera of a triple homicide that occurred here in San Jose, and the uh, police department just released the uh, the video, and uh, I'm putting it up on YouTube right now as we speak, and then I'll be putting it on our website. 
uh, and that one is, is, is you know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> God. What what are your uh, what are your former colleagues in the in the police department, sheriff's department, things have to have to say about your uh, your efforts here? I guess kind of as a private citizen. Well, actually, they they uh, they uh, they embrace it. It's been it's been uh, warmly received by the community and uh, and law enforcement because it's uh, it's effective. And uh, I get calls all the time from detectives uh, all over the nation. Hey, can can we put this case uh, on your program? So yes, it, it has been warmly received. And is this program is this something in the Bay Area? Or can people do people see it here in the Greater Sacramento area? You can see it on the internet uh-huh. anywhere, obviously anywhere in the world. And, and but on cable uh, on cable television, we are we pretty much have an exclusive with Comcast on demand. So all you need to do is go to the on demand channel, go down to Get Local, and then you'll see the Fugitive Watch uh, tab there, and you can watch the latest show. We're also doing uh, podcasts weekly on uh, on the internet. You can get on on uh, YouTube or you can get it on iTunes. Well, Steve, I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners are going to want to do exactly that. You got some interesting cases on here, and perhaps they can, uh, uh, you know, like everybody else, chip in and, and bring some of these folks to justice. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think I think they'll find it pretty interesting. Well, Steve, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I think you need to come back in maybe a few months and give us, uh, so, you know, tell us some more interesting stories about what's going on out there, and maybe some updates. Anytime, Doug. Appreciate it. All righty. Treats. 